Our reading this morning can be found on page 24 in the New Testament section of the Church Bible, Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand. The Gospel reading can be found on page 6 in the New Testament section of the Church Bible. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 12. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if a child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the Gospel of the Lord. As we stand, let us pray. Ask, search, knock. Heavenly Father, you promised to give good things to those who ask. And so we ask now for the help of your Holy Spirit to know more of what it means to be your children, to ask and to receive. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock 
and the door will be opened for you. To be a child is to ask. I wonder how many questions you think a child asks each and every day. There was a survey done in 2017 by Dr. Sam Wass, and 1,500 parents were part of this research in this country, across the United Kingdom, to discover how many questions children ask each day. The answer? A staggering 73. To be a child is to ask. And if you've had children, if you have the joy of grandchildren, of nephews and nieces, of godchildren, you will know that children ask and ask and ask. Are we nearly there yet? Why do I have to go to bed? Apparently the top three questions were much more philosophical. I'm going to need my help. I've been a father for 16 months. Here are the top three questions. Why do people die? Where did I come from? And what is God? My clergy training will need to be put to good effect as Rosanna asked those sort of questions. But more humorously, number five in the survey of questions, a sign of the times, the question from the child, what does it mean I can't afford it? And number 10, why can't I stay up as late as you? To be a child is to ask and ask and ask and indeed to go on asking. Matthew chapter 7, we continue in the Sermon on the Mount in August. Verse 7, chapter 7, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Our Lord repeats the same injunction three times for emphasis. Each time, a present imperative verb. Now, what does that mean? It means we continue to do it, to ask, to search, and to knock. As our reading, if we were to have it in Thessalonians, would say, the Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. And that's what our Lord is saying here. To be a child is to ask. And then that's expanded upon in verse 8. Our Lord saying the same thing, but expanding. Verse 8, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. To be a child, says our Lord Jesus, to those in his kingdom, is to ask, to search, and to knock. And that's is the commandment in these verses. But we no sooner have the commandment than Jesus turns to the question of the character of the Father. And I'm sure you heard it and surely read it so well for us. The humour that Jesus picks out. Verse 9, Is there anyone among you who if your child asks for a bread will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish will give a snake? You can picture the scene. Little Johnny, little Sarah... Ask daddy or mummy, grandma, grandfather, for some bread. And what do they do? Mummy or daddy, grandma or granddad, they go all the way to Burbage, pick up a stone, bring it home, and they, they say, there you are, Johnny. There's a stone. It's comical. It's ridiculous. We'd never do that. Or if a child of yours asks for a goldfish, you give them a python. Jesus is using these everyday images, everyday items 
to say something very revealing. Did you notice verse 11? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? As I said earlier, I've been a parent, a father of Rosanna for 16 months, and Rebecca and I are realizing we are both as bad as each other at being soft touches. Within reason, if Rosanna asks for something in her own special way, as only a 16-month-old can, we want to give it to her. Of course we do, if we can. If it's good and safe and sensible. Jesus says, if you then, who are evil, take your breath, evil, If you then who are evil, whether that's Jewish hyperbole or just Jesus being honest about the state of our heart and the mixed motives we have, even sometimes as parents, grandparents, if if we are like that and still know how to give good gifts, can't help but shower good gifts on those we love. Think about those of us with godchildren and grandchildren. You can't help but spoil them and love them and give to them, can you? You can't help it. You just want to. Jesus says, if we do that, How much more? How much more? How much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? It seems simple, doesn't it? Ask and you will receive. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. But for the remainder of my time this morning and our time together, I want us to think, what happens when those prayers aren't answered? Each of us will know prayers we have prayed that haven't been answered, that aren't being answered. So what are we to do? These verses have been described as the most positive and hope-filled of all the promises in the Scriptures about prayer. And yet you and I know that our prayers aren't always answered. So what are we to do? Well, I think it's important to realize in these verses, Jesus is not giving us an open-ended instruction to demand from God whatever we want. Remember where we are. We're in the Sermon on the Mount. We've been told how to live as God's people in this world, as God's children. And so Jesus is telling us that the help we will need to live out the Sermon on the Mount as children of God will only come as we ask. As we search for that from God. As we knock and ask him for it. It's been said that a text without a context is a con. So you could take these verses and just say, look, it it means we can ask anything and we'll get anything. But I don't think that's what's going on here. And we know, of course, that's not true to our life and experience. John Stott, a celebrated writer preacher of the last century, once said this, God will answer no if the things we ask for are either not good in themselves or not good for us or for others, directly or indirectly, immediately or ultimately. It's not easy to deal with the pain, the anguish, the heartache, of unanswered prayers. The song we'll sing after our sermon gets it right in that the first verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then those famous lines, you'll know the chorus, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. 
Jesus' point is not that God will give us anything we ask for. Even parents don't do that, do they? We sometimes know, and certainly I with Rosanna, she wants something, and mummy and daddy, as soft touches as we are, sometimes say no. And we say no because actually that's best for Rosanna, even though she doesn't realize it, and at that moment is not very pleased with that. But God loves us. He is our Heavenly Father. In the 11 o'clock last week, Ruth Totterdell did a brilliant all-age talk, and one of the things she did is have an image of this on the screen of the words that pop up most in the Sermon on the Mount. I wonder which words you think would be most common in the Sermon on the Mount. Well, Father is mentioned 17 times. It's the most common word along with the Kingdom of Heaven. And so as children, we are to ask. Ask because our Father gives and gives generously. And it might be, and we will know this in many and very different ways, that God does not give us what we ask for and long for. Another writer has said, God will either give us what we ask for or give us what we would have asked if we know everything that God knows. It's easy for me to stand here and say our unanswered prayers are not always answered. But we will all know the pain and heartache of that. I can think of different friends and those I've known. A colleague, a minister in the Church of Scotland who for the last three years, mentally and physically, has simply not been able to work. A wife and three children. And struggling each day, frankly, for him just to get through. And yet he's known something of the goodness of God in this darkest hour. I think of my spiritual director, three children grown up now, two not following the Lord Jesus at all. Heartache for him and his wife. They pray daily for their sons. One going on with the Lord, serving him, seeking first his kingdom as the priority of their lives. Think of A more well-known story, you might know it, Johnny Erickson Tarder. In 1967, Johnny was a 17-year-old and jumped into water. She didn't realize how shallow the water was. And in 1967, she was paralyzed from the neck down and has been now for over 50 years. This is what she has been able to reflect on and know and experience in her own ongoing asking and searching and knocking. God uses suffering, Johnny writes, to purge sin from our lives, to strengthen our commitment to him, to force us to depend on his grace, to bind us together with other believers, to produce discernment, to foster sensitivity, to discipline our minds, to make us long for the truth, to lead us to the repentance of sin, to teach us to give thanks in times of sorrow, increase faith, strengthen character, and know more of the goodness of God, our Heavenly Father. I don't know how someone like Johnny can write those words, but she has and she can. And in her asking and searching and knocking, she goes on to experience more of the goodness of God, even though the prayer for healing has not yet come. 
And so what about for ourselves? For some of us, we will be persevering in prayer. When we hear of asking and searching and knocking, we are doing that. We're doing that perhaps in our prayer triplets as we've begun to get to know other folk and pray together. We do that perhaps with a prayer diary or prayer journal. We write down our prayers and we look back and see God answer them. There was a time when Rebecca and I used to write down our prayers and to be honest, we've fallen out of the habit. This week it's something that I've thought about and would like to resurrect again. Let me commend that to you of writing down your prayers. It's a way to be able to look back and count your blessings, to see what God has done. Some of us, of course, are disappointed with life and disappointed with God. And so our asking has stopped. I remember talking to one dear friend whose situation was so acute and so painful, the things she wanted that she didn't have, that she said it was too painful anymore to pray. It was too painful anymore to ask God. That will be some of us here today. Our Lord himself in the Garden of Gethsemane prayed, as the Gospels say, overwhelmed to the point of death, being in anguish, sweating blood for us. And so if some of us today have stopped asking because we're disappointed, may I gently encourage you to bring your tears and your prayers to your Father. The one who, as the Psalms say, counts our tears in a bottle. May I encourage you that when we don't know what to pray, when we can't pray, the Spirit himself, the Spirit of our Father, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus himself, who lives in his children, intercedes for us. He prays for us. He prays with us. Some of us this morning may well doubt the goodness of God because of the asking, searching and knocking that has not yielded the answers we'd hoped for. We have heard already this morning that God so loved that he gave. That he gave his one and only son. And so, as the Apostle Paul says, he who did not spare his son on that death at Calvary, he who did not spare his son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him give us all things? When the goodness of God seems cloudy in our minds because of circumstance and situations, may we return to Christ. May we return to the goodness we know and have been shown in him. It's been said that what comes into our mind when we think about God is actually the most important thing. And so let me ask you this morning, when you think of God, do you think as Jesus teaches us here, your Father in heaven, your good Father, your Daddy, who gives and gives and gives and gives generously. And finally, let me say to those who are discouraged in the Christian life, we hear the Sermon on the Mount, we hear verse 12 today, in everything do to others as you would have them do to you. And you hear this and you think, I can't do it. It's not possible for me. You don't know the struggles, the challenges I face trying to do that with that person and that person. Well, let me encourage you this day, ask. 
Search. Knock. And pray that the Heavenly Father that you know and who promises good things will give those good things to his children. Children keep asking because the Father gives generously. And in conclusion, I want us to reflect in the end on the person who says these words. Our Lord, as I've mentioned, went in the end the night before his own death to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it was there, if I can put it like this, that his own prayer was unanswered. You'll remember his prayer as he prayed, take this cup from me, Abba, Father. The one time in all the Gospels Jesus refers to the the, the God who is his Father as Abba. He says, take this cup from me, this cup of suffering, this cup of sorrow, this cup of death, this cup of hell. Yet not my will, but yours be done. In the garden, Jesus wanted the cup to be passed from him. And yet it wasn't. His own prayers were met with silence from heaven. And in the end, of course, he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. So that the evil of this world and in our own hearts can be healed. So that we can know and experience the love of God, our Father. And so this day, ask knowing your Saviour's love for you. Search knowing your Saviour's love for you. Knock knowing your Saviour's love for you. And may each of us know more of our Heavenly Father and know something more this day of the good things that he gives us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to ask, to search and to knock. And in our prayers, help us to know more, we pray, of you, our Heavenly Father. And your love for us in the challenges and sorrows of unanswered prayers. That we would know more of what it means to be your beloved children. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.